And you've been listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Janice Wong and your guest presenter is Paul Zimmerman. Good morning, Paul. Hi, morning, Janice. On today's program, we're talking about a new heat stroke warning system for outdoor workers. Starting Monday, the government will issue amber, red and black heat stress alerts. They'll tell people how much they're at risk of getting heat stroke. And companies are advised to take specific steps for different categories of workers, including stopping work completely. But construction companies have already cast out on how practical it would be to follow such advice. Any differing recommendations for different groups of workers at the same site could cause confusion. So how useful do you think the new warning and guidelines are? Can people working outdoors in the heat stay safe? After 9.45, we'll talk about difficulties faced by disabled parents in Hong Kong. Let us know what you think on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233-88266. Now to kick off our discussion this morning, we have in our Kowloon Tong studio, Terence Mang, President of the Hong Kong Institute of Construction Managers. And on the line, we have lawmaker Lam Chun Singh from the Federation of Hong Kong and Kowloon Labour Unions, and Yu Ka Ho from the Association for Rights of Industrial Accident Victims. Good morning to you all, and thanks for joining us on the program. Good morning, Janice. Good, good morning, morning. Good morning. So, good morning. Good morning. So, morning. So let's start with uh, you, Mr. Lam. Um, what do you think of the new guidelines? Uh, how useful will it be uh, in preventing heat stroke for outdoor workers? Yeah, the Labor Department issued a new guideline on prevention of uh, heat stroke at work. Uh, we welcome that. And, and in fact, uh, the Labor Department also listened some of the opinion from the trade union. Uh, it's because uh, before, uh, the Labor Department already have a guideline, uh, risk assessment for protection of uh, heat stroke at work. And there's also a checklist for the employer uh, list out uh, the employer should provide drinking water, uh, suitable clothing, and a shelter area for rest. And also, they need to arrange a appropriate rest break for the workers uh, under very hot weather. But what is the appropriate rest break? How long is the rest time? They did not mention. But now, is the new guideline is very clear and although some people may think that it's very complicated but I think it's very clear uh, we have a yellow warning uh, when a heat index is 30 and, and also a red warning and if the heat index in 34 we have a black heat red warning and different rest time for different uh, heat warning and different nature of job position so it's very clear and in some serious cases, and the outdoor worker can even stop their work so that all the employer and the employees can know the rest time under the, the different situation and different kind of job. But we, we worry that about uh, a little bit. We, we use the heat index instead of temperature. Yesterday, some workers still asked me whether we can sustain the work at the temperature 34 degrees Celsius, and I said no temperature, but the heat index reached 34. So the Labor Department need to promote more. And another thing is that for the past experience, our heat index never reached 34. And even 
if the temperature is in 35 or 36 degrees Celsius, but the heat index is still under 32, so the worker cannot stop their work and, and, and have only few waste time. So we think that we use the heat index 32 or 34, it may underestimate the hot situation. Mm. We, we little worry about that and hope the Labour Department can continue to update or review. So, so this observatory will announce this? Uh, I mean, are we going to, this, it's going to be part of the news broadcast by RTHK that the, the heat index will be indicated? I mean, how do we know what the heat index is at the moment? Right now, what is the heat index to, uh, at this moment? Do we know? So it, it's not being announced anywhere, is it? Well, they will start announcing it in uh, on, on Monday. On Monday, we'll start, Monday. and it will become part of the news broadcast. Mr. Mr. Lamb, I mean, how how many heat strokes do we have at work? I've seen heat stroke um, reports uh, of hikers, and uh, I think the number is around 100 a year. But um, uh, for people at work, I mean, how many heat stroke incidents do we actually account for every every year? Do we know the numbers? And I think now, uh, from the statistic of Labor Department, there's uh, about, uh, for each year, there's about 20 cases reported uh, for heat stroke. Okay, reported, but um, what's the but, reality? But, 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 but I think because heat stroke is not an uh, occupational disease under the employee's compensation ordinance, so some of the workers may... Uh, they get a heat stroke and they may not report to the department. So I think the situation is much more serious. All right. And uh, when we talk about uh, outdoor work, uh, a lot of it is to do with uh, the, the construction industry. Um, Mr. Mang, what do you think of these guidelines? Would it be, uh, will it be hard for employers to follow even if they want to? Well, um, I, uh, the guidelines classify different occupation into four physical work low category just as light, moderate, heavy and very heavy and recommend different rest times for workers at each level. Uh, for example, in reinforced concrete works, I can see at least three levels of occupation including moderate, the electric work workers, heavy, form work workers, very heavy, barbender and scaffolder are involved. You can imagine if a heat stress at work warning is enforced, say for example, amber, uh, the resting time of different occupation categories working in the same area will be subject to different rest time. It may inevitably affect the normal procedure of works. Therefore, employers and frontline supervisors need to be clever enough to plan and execute their works. Okay, so what is, what is the, the proposal on your side? Is to standardize the, uh, the rest time? And Well, before, in fact, before the announcement of these new guidelines, our institute recommends in the form of writing that the government could refer to the Guangdong province hot weather labor protection measures implemented in uh, 2012. It mentioned that if the temperature is between 35 and 36 degrees Celsius, a rotating shift system and shortened continuous work time should be adopted. Mm -hmm. If the temperature reaches 36 to 36 degrees Celsius during working hours, outdoor work time should not be exceed, exceed six hours per day. And outdoor work should be suspended from noon to 4 p.m. In comparison with the current guidelines, this approach is more suitable for the characteristic of the construction industry and more conductive to employers and frontline supervisors in arranging, managing the work and helping to prevent workers from suffering from heat stroke in hot weather 
or high temperature environments. But, but you, you, your employers, your colleagues uh, in, uh, that you represent, the construction managers, uh, you have been dealing with heat, uh, uh, working in heat for a long time. Yes. So what's the actual practical situation on the work sites today? What's going on? What, what, what are construction managers doing today to make sure that their workers are not falling over, uh, uh, vomiting and, and, and feeling weak or being confused because they're, uh, they've been working in the heat? Well, the preventive measures for workers against heat stroke being implemented in our industry in the past could not be considered ineffective. In fact, most. Oh, you mean not ineffective? It's a double negative. Okay, <laughs> a double negative here. So you mean you you have taken effective measures in the past? And uh, most of our counterparts in the industry, in fact, most construction sites provide workers with various heat stroke prevention facilities and equipment. Uh, in some larger sites, I've seen ice maker. Cooling fan with mist, just like the one we have seen in the mm. amusement park while curing, yeah, like etc. <laughs> in, in addition to the mentioned measures, workers can nowadays. I, I mean, workers can decide whether to take breaks based on their own condition during hot weather, as well as all as we all treasure the uh, relation with the workers, or else they have so many other sites to work for. And uh, you, we are, are not kind enough to take care will of go work somewhere else. But how about this issue that's been just been suggested that it's uh, been should be dealt with as an occupational disease? It should be properly. It should be mandatory to have it properly reported. Right now, none of that is the case. I mean, are you supporting that call from the labor union? Well, I, I, I will support the discussion. Two works. Uh, two works. What Mr. Lamb just proposed to make it a occupational disease, but it is, in fact, very complicated one. Uh, the, our practitioner is not medical practitioner, so uh, we we can't we can't identify each of the cases as we are the one to report to labor department, right? So, but they're your workers. You're 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 right there. You're on site. You're with the guys. You're in the heat, uh, and they start to look a bit flushed in the face. That you know that they're uh, that heat is getting to them. I mean, you're. Your, your, your workers, uh, your managers on site, they're the ones that should be really taking the guidance, isn't it? Sure, should... sure. sure. In, fact, in fact, we, we, we are working with many, many other guidelines before. So uh, we, we, we tend to follow what the government wants us to do. But uh, for these guidelines, we just want something that is more practical. And so this is not practical enough? No, I can't say it is not practical. But uh, as I just said, uh, we, need, we need someone clever enough to make it possible. All right. Uh, let's go to Mr. Yu from the Association for the Rights of Industrial Accident Victims. Good morning, Mr. Yu. Good morning. All right. So, so um, what do you think of the new warning system? And do you think uh, the guidelines are enough to prevent outdoor workers from getting heat stroke? And uh, should um, heat stroke be uh, classified as an occupational disease? Well, we actually think that the uh, guidelines are completely not enough because um, the biggest problem of this guideline is that it sets a very high threshold for workers to. Uh, completely stop their work and take rest, which uh, we think is the most important thing. Like uh, you can see, um, the, um, if we see from the past data of the Hong Kong Observatory, uh, in the past few years, only four days meet the standard of the uh, red signal and zero days uh, meet the standard of the black signal. That means it's, that the black signal and the red signal are, are just a name only. There barely exists a situation under which um, those um, heavy workloads or very heavy workload workers can stop their work and take rest. And, and we are talking about those who are particularly vulnerable to heat-related illness. And for the Amber Alert, um, if, if the heat index falls between 30 to 32, there, there will be an Amber Alert. 
and the employers need to grant like um, 45 minutes resting time to uh, very heavy workload workers in an hour and 30 minutes resting time to heavy workload workers. And there are 40 days to 60 days of Amber signal in a year. That's good. But then they find it quite outrageous that uh, the resting time can be offset. Like um, if the employers can provide shade to the workers and uh, the resting time will be reduced by 15 minutes. So well, why, they, why is that bad? I mean, uh, if, the, hmm. if the employers provide shade, that's a good thing, isn't it? They should be incentivized for that. Yeah, they should be incentivized for that. But I don't think um, the, the resting time of the workers should be offset because I think, uh, in, in our opinion, uh, taking, taking sufficient and enough rest is the priority for, for the workers. Uh, and we, we, yeah, we, okay. we, we really do not want their, their resting time to be offset. Okay, I, I, I get that. You don't want that. But, I mean, so how many incidents did, did we have last year? I mean, how many people have been... Uh, taken to hospital for heat stroke or otherwise needed the medical attention because of a heat stroke at worksite. Do you have any statistics on this? Um, the official uh, statistics are, are the reported, like you said before, they, are, they, they only record 20 cases of work injury. But uh, we, uh, it's a very sad that we also don't have a much more accurate uh, statistics because uh, people who suffer from heat stroke generally tend to not report the case to labor department. And it's like they, they only need to take a few days or 10 days of rest. They, they usually tend to um, uh, um, uh, privately settle the case with their employers and just, just like uh, they don't want to be a troublemaker. And for fatal cases, last year our organization has been handling uh, four cases, which uh, we highly uh, doubt that it is a history-related uh, cases. And, but then um, these four cases are undergoing uh, very, very difficult uh, legal proceedings because now um, the, the heat stroke is still not a uh, occupational disease. And like uh, if, if some accident happens and the Labor Department should do some investigation, right? But they will never ask uh, the employers to provide the test uh, or the uh, environment of, of that working space that makes the uh, deceased family members hard to uh, uh, proceed the case in in the in the legal uh, proceeding. So you mean the the evidence of the work environment is is missing? So you, so you cannot go to court. I mean, you cannot put that evidence on the table. I mean, what's what's what goes wrong? They 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 just lack the evidence. Because, like, um, if if the uh, the dead workers they, they they need to conduct an autopsy, right? And the autopsy report usually would say uh, they 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 usually write down the uh, direct cause, like um, it's a stroke or it's an acute heart disease. And heat stroke is always the indirect cause. I mean, the mechanism is that okay, if if the uh, weather is very hot and you feel uncomfortable and you get heat stroke. And heat stroke trigger the onset of like heart disease. So the, the the direct cause is always heart disease or stroke or, or some uh, myocardial infection. And then you need an expert to help you to infer retrospectively that whether your disease is triggered by heat stroke. And that means you need a lot of environmental evidence. Uh -huh. But usually the family lacks those evidence because um, the police 
or the the Labour Department actually don't investigate the the, the matter from that direction. They only ask, oh, do you see um any accidents happen? Uh, what what do you see? But but. But yes, never the environmental evidence. Okay, but the weather, the weather conditions you can get from the observatory um, way back for, I think, almost 100 years. But we can get that mm. information, but we can't get the information on the local work environment. Yeah, yeah, just the temperature or the heat index is actually far from enough. All right, M- Mr. Lam? Yeah. Do you, do you share the same concern as uh, Mr. Yu? Um, yeah, I, I want to uh, uh, have a response on and that, that. There's also a question that we, that the guideline allows some uh, offsetting on the rest time, uh, because in the guideline the arrangement is that uh, the employer can reduce the rest time in some situation. Uh, for example, uh, um, if the employer can provide some uh, devices to facilitate heat. Uh, uh, dissipation or provide some shedding facility like a shelter area, then they can reduce the workers' rest time, uh, for example, 15 minutes or even 30 minutes. But whether the employer fully carry out this measure, that's a question. Or they just uh, provide a fan, but there's so many workers in the workplace and still very hot, and the measure cannot reduce the heat in the workplace, uh, but the employer said that they had uh, already taken the measure so that they can reduce the rest time of the work. It's also the thing that we will be. How the Labor Department can make sure that the employer have already taken enough measure. Maybe the Labor Department should explain more to ensure the employer to uh, do enough measures so that they can reduce the rest time, I think. Uh, Terrence, your, your construction managers, what, what do they do about this? I mean, this, uh, there's a lack of guidance here, or do you feel that there is enough guidance for the construction managers to do the right thing? Well, um, I think um, this guideline is covering whole Hong Kong and different industry. Uh, as I said earlier, in our industry, I think uh, our practitioner uh, have implemented enough um, measures to take care of about his strokes and uh, I, 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 I think in our industry uh, workers have their rights to stop their work if they feel uncomfortable during hot weather you know feeling feeling hot or feeling heat stroke is very personal so um, uh, not only the uh, temperature but uh, we will we will we will respect the own feelings of interest of workers so uh, I, I think in our industry, uh, the heat stroke uh, prevention has been enough uh, in the past. But still, we 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 want we want we want a um, a new guidelines. But uh, if it could be like uh, following the Guangdong uh, 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 guidelines um, to make it very very. Um, the Guangdong, you mean the guidelines in, in Guangdong province by the, yes. the Guangdong government? Yes. And what is what is better about their guidelines? So in that guideline, uh, if 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 that if the te- if the temperature is over like thirty six to thirty eight Celsius degrees Celsius, it only limit outdoor working times to not exceed uh, six hours, and uh, uh, working outdoors is prohibited between noon and four p.m. That is that is more 
Uh, it's clean and simple to understand. Yes, 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 exactly. All right. I, I have uh, two emails here. One is uh, from John. He says, uh, the existing um, Hong Kong Observatory Heat Index is published on uh, its website, but uh, he says it's uh, complete rubbish. It is often lower than the dry bulb air temperature. And uh, I have another email here from Rick. He says, uh, what we need is a smiley face warning. Let's all be happy. Happy Hong Kong. That's uh, from Rick. Um, so, um, Mr. Lam. Well, that's yeah. Easy. Why not smiley face instead yeah. of uh, the the colours? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Mr. Lam, what do you think of uh, what uh, Mr. Mang was uh, suggesting here that we should follow uh, Guangzhou? I mean, where they actually they, they focus on the temperature instead of a heat index. Would that be sim- like more simple uh, for people to follow? Uh, yeah. Uh, in in the mainland uh, in Guangzhou, they use uh, the temperature instead of heat index, and in fact. Uh, two months ago, in, in March, uh, the Hong Kong Observatory introduced an uh, extreme hot weather warning, mm-hmm. which is the temperature is higher than 35 degrees Celsius. Uh, it's the extreme hot weather warning. The observatory will announce that. But the, the, during the uh, public consultation of the existing guideline of Labor Department, the observatory have not announced this arrangement, they have not announced the extreme hot weather warning. It's after the consultation. So uh, we hope that the Labor Department can continue to review the guideline and to see whether we can use extreme hot weather warning as a reference to provide uh, the rest time. I I think in, in this issue, the Labor Department should have more communication with the observatory because the observatory introduced an extreme hot weather warning uh, by using the temperature instead of uh, heat index. So uh, 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 why the Labor Department will continue to use the heat index? But I think uh, uh, we, we, we can implement this guideline, but we need to review the situation whether we use the heat index 32 or 34 is underestimate the hot situation. I think the Labour Department will continue to review. Right. So, so both sides agree here uh, that uh, we need to uh, amend the uh, these new regulations or this, this advisory as soon as possible. Well, I think I think uh, an amendment for now may may not be a very uh, uh, wise uh, uh, action but uh, in fact I, I, I can't agree uh, I can't agree uh, what uh, Deputy Director of, uh, Vincent Ho uh, who, uh, who who announced this, this guidelines earlier to, he said he said that the review will be after two years that was that was too long okay. that was too, too long so as long as the government insists on uh, implementing guidelines uh, next Monday I think the review should have, should be after this coming summer itself after two years. I see. So as soon as possible. All right. And Mr. Yu? Yes. What do you think of the suggestion? I mean, we were talking about how uh, maybe we could focus on uh, uh, the temperature instead of uh, the, the heat uh, heat index. Well, actually, I think the uh, heat index system is uh, much more better than, than the temperature system. Like, because like, um, it, the heat index actually reveals the um, heat stress that the record face combining into the consideration of the, the temperature, the, the relative humidity, and the hospitalization rate. And we can see, actually, um, if we see the past few years' data, the days that uh, in each year, the days that uh, the heat index reached about 30 um, is actually uh, more than the day of uh, extreme hot weather system. So, 
actually using heat index system can uh, give it's a more lenient it's a more lenient system and give better protection to workers. Right. And, uh, and also, uh, Mr. Lam, just quickly before we go to the news, um, earlier we, uh, Mr. Yu was talking about the uh, offset, uh, offset rest time and uh, you were talking about how uh, you know, some employers may provide shade for the workers and then so the uh, rest time can be offset. But, uh, but how do we actually know how much uh, the rest time should be offset? I mean, if you provide workers with shade, that might be different from providing workers with uh, a fan. But then, in the I mean, under the guidelines, they're all given. Uh, the, I mean, the rest time is offset by 15 minutes. I mean, should it be different? Uh, um, yeah, according to, to the guideline, uh, different uh, position have uh, different rest time and regulation, and and according to the guideline, uh, the employer can reduce the rest time. And, and, and for example, if they improve the uh, ventilation system in the workplace or providing a shelter area, uh, shading facility, then they can reduce the rest time for 15 minutes. So uh, uh, that's the point. If, if the employer do enough measure um, and, and make the uh, and can improve the environment of the workplace, and, and that's no problem. I think uh, some of the workers can continue to work because it uh, reduce the heat. But, but, but All right, uh, Mr. Lam, uh, Mr. Lam, I'm afraid uh, we're, we have to go to the news. Uh, we have to take a quick break for the news. Uh, thanks again for joining, uh, joining us this morning. And that's uh, unionist lawmaker Lam Chen Singh. Many thanks also to Yu Ka Ho from the Association for the Rights of Industrial Accident Victims. And uh, Mr. Mang will continue our discussion after the news when we will be joined by Si Lai Shan, the Deputy Director at the Society for Community Organization. If you're tuning in and you want to ask uh, our guests questions or share your views on today's topics, you can leave a message on our Facebook page or email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233-88266. And here's a quick look at the weather. Mainly cloudy with one or two light rain patches at first. And the top temperature will be around 26 degrees. Right now it's 22 degrees. Relative humidity, 84%. It's now 9.30 with a new summary. Here's Barry O'Rourke. Donald Trump has urged Republican legislators to refuse to raise the U.S. debt limit, triggering a default if President Joe Biden's Democrats don't agree to spending cuts. He was speaking during a live appearance on CNN. The Pakistani army has warned that strong action will be taken against those attacking military installations and public property. Its statement came after supporters of the former Prime Minister Imran Khan clashed with security forces and attacked government buildings for a second day in protest at his arrest over allegations of corruption. And Google has announced a raft of artificial intelligence enhancements to its dominant search engine and other apps as it seeks to counter Microsoft's rival offering. Calling it a generative research, Google says it can craft responses to open-ended queries while keeping the already familiar list of links to the web. We'll have more news at 10 o'clock. In times of tropical cyclones, rainstorms or extreme conditions, employers and employees should make prior work arrangements, including rules on going to work, staggered releases, resuming work, working from home and making proper arrangements for employees who still have to be on duty during inclement weather. Employers should be considerate and adopt a flexible approach, ensuring employees' rights and safety. To learn more, please refer to the relevant code of practice on labor.gov.hk. The road is not for text messaging, nor for social networking. 
And of course, not for mobile games. Pedestrians who use their mobile phones or tablets while walking, especially when crossing the road, are risking their lives. For safety's sake, keep your eyes on the road. No distractions. Pedestrians should pay attention to the way ahead. Welcome back. This is Back Chat on a Thursday morning with Paul Zimmerman and me, Janice Wong. Still with us in our Kowloon Tong studio is Terence Mang, president of the Hong Kong Institute of Construction Managers. And joining us now is Si Lai Shan, the deputy director at the Society for Community Organization. Good morning, Ms. Si. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on the program. So um, what's been the reaction of workers uh, to this uh, heat stroke warning system and guidelines for employers? Um... I think the worker they um, they would like to have uh, some protection under the heat uh, or some safety and some of course or they were worry if they need to wait uh, uh, <laughs> wait a long time and then uh, affect their work. But some of them they would think of course it's good um, to to have this kind of uh, uh, instruction so they can have uh, better uh, protection. Hmm. You have a close communication with uh, with grassroots, uh, Lai San. I mean, to what extent has there been a, a, an, an issue? Has there been a problem? We've been trying to find out how many incidents have taken place. Uh, there was a suggestion of four fatal cases uh, earlier. Um, there is uh, we, we we know the numbers of people heat stroke that are hiking, but there seems to be a lack of information about people that are suffering from heat stroke at work. To what extent is there an is, is there an issue that you are aware of? How 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 prominent is this issue? Uh, I think this is not long time for because uh, and then we um, many people they are working in construction site and or they are um, uh, China of the street. So these people they are uh, most uh, uh, heat uh, um, uh, problems under the heat uh, phase of heat problems, and um, we can see actually many of them they don't have any have uh, supporting uh, facility. For for example, they need to drink more water. And then uh, um, they need to have their heads or what. Um, I think extreme heat state, if they can take a rest, that would be good for them. But um, we can see not many of them have this kind of uh, uh, facility or, or alarm. Yeah. Okay, but the big group you're talking about, the cleaners, uh, we talked about earlier very much about construction workers, but about the cleaners, most of the cleaners are under the direction of uh, of the food and hygiene department, the government, um, and we see them walking around the streets. Uh, in my district, in Pok Fulam, uh, there was not yeah. even a toilet available uh, for the cleaners uh, in, uh, in immediate walking distance. I mean, rest areas available for cleaners yeah, that are walking yeah. the streets. I mean, to what extent are the facilities available? Uh, actually, they, they are not. Actually, you can see the, the, uh, street, uh, Kina, they need to take a rest inside their, uh, 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 their, uh, garbage, uh, station. So actually, there's no, uh, no pace for them to take, take rest. If they take rest, they just, uh, smell the, uh, 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 garbage. So it's really bad. Um, uh, so I think the government, they should have some, uh, actually, they have some office nearby, and then I think they can open some, uh, uh rest a room for these people. Okay. And uh, right now we're talking about uh, guidelines, uh, Ms. C. Do you think that's enough? Do you think employers will actually follow these guidelines? I mean, do we need to make it mandatory in future? 
Yeah, I think guideline uh, we can try whether the, the employer they can uh, 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 follow or not, and then but of course more effective is if we, if we can have a legislation, and they must uh, follow, and they will be more effective. Hmm. Are you aware of any court cases or people that have been trying to get compensation because of employers failing to have provided uh, protection and, and they suffered from heat stroke and they lost uh, income? Has, has there been any case that you're aware of? It's a very, very, very few case. We, 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 so far, we did not have uh, received anyone uh, to they have kind of this kind of uh, 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 case. More is because they're really injured, uh, uh, broken hand or broken leg or this kind of uh, physically really uh, injury. But if he just, um, it's really going to um, affect many problems. For example, many of them, they have a high blood pressure because they don't have enough water and to heat and then they are, uh, the, the body has problems. And, and it's hard to, hard to it's not in a kind of a, a, a injury uh, in, in the law now. Hmm. All right. I have an email here from Brett, and uh, it's uh, it's for you, Paul. It says, um, to answer Mr. Zimmerman's question from a little earlier, the current Hong Kong heat index right now is a tad below 21 degrees at Kings Park and just a tad shy of 22 degrees at Bees River. The current air temperature is a bit uh, over 22 degrees at the observatory and unknown at Bees River, as uh, apparently it isn't one of the monitoring stations that the observatory makes data available to the public on its website. All this discussion about guidelines is entertaining, he goes on to say, as uh, what matters is the actual conditions where someone is working. Given Hong Kong's topography, the conditions in places just a few kilometers apart can be completely different. And uh, that's uh, from Brett. Um, I hope that helps, Paul. No, no, I, I think that, but that's, that points out but the issue is, of course, I mean, the local circumstance is very important. How, how do you take care of the work environment? I mean, whether it's the uh, availability of rest areas, the availability of toilet for the workers. I mean, it, it, the local circumstance, whether cooling equipment is available, whether yeah. work high up, whether there's good wind available and so on. So, so how, how as, the construction, as construction managers... Are you really monitoring the welfare of your uh, of your workers? I mean, you, of course, you you don't want people falling over because the work will stop. Well, I think um, smart site safety system will help. Uh, there are some uh, heat stress index meters in the industry that automatically monitor the heat stress index and level on particular location of a construction sites. So, but they, they measure humidity, temperature. Yeah, uh, it, it, flag, it, 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 will, it will flag the human body's tolerance in that environment and notify frontline workers and safety officers through a mobile application to prevent workers from suffering uh, from heat stroke. With this setup, partition, practitioner could accurately arrange suitable rest time, but not an index covering entire Hong Kong as per the guidelines. Okay, so, but then are, you, are we going to walk around with, uh, you know, these uh, electronic watches that can measure our heart rate and report it back to you? I mean, what, 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 what are you talking about? Are you talking about an installation on site? Uh, well, back in our industry, we, we, are, we are largely promoting smart site safety system. Yes, you, you, you're right. There, there is some devices, just like a watch, uh, putting on the worker's uh, waist 
to measure their blood pressure or whatsoever. I, I do think uh, with some kind of uh, uh, promotion from the government and the uh, CITF, our technology fund, uh, that would definitely get some something that is usable, uh, use, useful for for us to uh, prevent the workers from his rock. Yeah, I just want to go back to the email that uh, Brett just wrote to me about uh, how uh, maybe just a, a few kilometers apart can make a big difference. So, sure. so how, how, do you, how do you think this uh, new uh, guideline will affect uh, construction work? I mean, you know, construction sites in different parts of Hong Kong, some, some might have to suspend work for an hour and others can continue maybe. Yes, that, that's very correct. Uh, you can. Uh, I, I, I was. I was uh, once. One time in the peak. In uh, in the peak. Uh, I, I, when I when I when I when I went up went up uh, from central, the temperature difference could uh, be four degrees Celsius. Mm-hmm. So you can't you can't you can't just base on uh, two uh, index from the Hong Kong uh, local uh, observatory and the BS river uh, that could not cover the particular site location. And uh, in in our in, in our in our industry, there are many uh, finely divided uh, occupation. In most cases, multiple occupations work simultaneously with interconnected work process. So, in addition to the uh, reducing time uh, in the guidelines with some uh, shading equipment, that will be quite a hard work. Uh, for the practitioner to make it uh, effective. So, Shi Lai Shan, I mean, is it possible to uh, is it to change this around and make it mandatory on employers to monitor the uh, the humidity and temperature at the work sites, and that they have to maintain reports and make sure that it's, those reports are can be checked, mm-hmm. and that the absence of a report is becomes a, a legal liability for the uh, for the constru- for the employer. Is that is that a better direction? Uh, yes, yes, we can try and see how uh, it works. Uh, if it doesn't work, and then we, we, we need to think about legislation or other things. Yeah. So you say try out the, the new guidelines and then, and then see yeah, how it yeah. goes? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think we, um, I don't know, we need to have practice how it, the process would be. And, and besides, I think um, I, in, in Hong Kong, it's a because different area, they also have different pen pictures sometimes. So and then uh, and also these people they need to uh, um, uh, uh, practice how to work and uh, workers they need to see how is it, it good work for them or not and even what kind of temperature is better for them. So better they have a, a temp temperature measurement in the construction site so everyone can also can refer, can uh, um, reflect their opinion and what kind of degree, uh, degree of temperature inside they will, uh, they frame they should be take a rest or anything. Okay, so, so they can have maybe amend the the, the, the guy. Okay, so are, are we going to suggest then that uh, the construction workers are putting signs on their site where they write down or show the temperature that is their current? I mean, do we yeah. want people to make sure that the information is available on the work site? And that's, with a sign? that's very, yeah, yeah, that's very common in the larger site. So the com- so your worker site, there, there is a sign that says exactly. the temperature and humidity yeah. at the moment at this site yeah. is... Yeah, and what, what about the government to uh, uh, 
to make it a uh, mandatory requirement to put up the sign of the temperature and humidity to let the workers know what 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 situation are they they're working in yes. at that at that location. Yes, and then yeah. everybody has the right to that information. Yeah, and and actually on our Facebook page, uh, we've got uh, two listeners, a Dan and a John, and they they both suggesting like a, a heat index graph, like a internationally recognized heat index graph uh, that uh, we can actually refer to. So is it uh, about um, educating people as well to actually understand what the heat index is, uh, Mr. Mang? Yeah, as I learned from recent reports that there, there was not a wide spectrum of uh, consultation before the launch of this guidelines. So um, we believe that uh, we believe that the smart site safety system uh, will be helping and um, we believe that the guidelines can be observed first in the coming summer and then we will to adopt reasonable and feasible improvement measures compared with mandatory legislation. Uh, we think the guidelines cannot rely solely on the effort of the industry only, but require coordination and uh, cooperation from multiple parties to achieve the maximum facts. If the guidelines prove to be ineffective or inadequate, the problem should be identified and target measures should be taken to ensure that workers receive maximum protection. All right. And Missy, Missy, I was just talking about educating workers. Do, do you think uh, mm. um, that um, that uh, would be yeah, easy think, or difficult? Think, or? Of course, yeah, yeah. We need to educate the employer, the worker, those uh, uh, management levels, um, so they know more uh, what's their problem and how to uh, uh, implement the guidelines. And then, um, and worker, how did they report or compa- make complaints if they feel their gun is not enough or the, the employer they can, you know, uh, implement it. So I think everything we, we should do for that. Okay, but it seems to me that uh, good information on the works at the work site is, is, is critical. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. So that as the work sites can all yeah. vary. It can all be different. It can be different locations, sure. different temperatures. So uh, is that something that, Sheila, uh, um, you would push, push government for, that, uh, that we have better monitoring on site yeah, yeah, and yeah, an yeah, obligation yeah, yeah. To, uh, to show what the temperature is, to show what the humidity is yes, at these yes, work locations? Yeah. Yeah, but they should request them to one of the uh, facilities. Yeah, right. That, but that might be uh, easier for construction sites. But uh, for for other kinds of jobs, like uh, you were talking about, um, see, like cleaners or um, security guards, it might be more difficult. Yeah, is that is that is that right? I mean, how how would uh, cleaners be able to check um, the the heat index, for example? So I think they should be in in the area people that everyone can see that. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, a display. Going to be monitoring, basically, a thermometer and a, and a heat index. Or a smartwatch. Or, or, or the smartwatch, yeah. So the <laughs> a smartwatch, okay. Yeah. yeah, but maybe not for a cleaner. I don't know, actually. It's quite common now. Oh. <laughs> All right. And, and let's see, I mean, looking at the guidelines right now, um, what, uh, what are sort of improvements would you like to see, apart from maybe making it mandatory in future? Uh... I, I think it's, uh, <clears throat> there should be a mechanism, <clears throat> and I think that they should have a task force inside the labor department to handle this kind of uh, 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 and ensure to check that they should have uh, some check to to their uh, uh, side and to see whether they do that, and then they should have a call line for their uh, worker they can call to to uh, make complaints and then to make sure everyone. And they have um, photo guidelines, and <clears throat> if they report, <coughs> check, and then they can uh, follow up 
the campaign fund that work has. Okay, yeah. there currently is no hotline for uh, for reporting uh, on these issues or to get feedback on the on the new guidelines. Yeah, I think it can use in in every ways, but at least you should have a guideline mm. and then have a hotline and then show the worker they know the hotline how to how to do it, and then they know they will not. Uh, have probably be Friday if they uh, campaign. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm flipping through the booklet from government and I can't find a hotline. So maybe that's a good <laughs> idea that there is a hotline. Yes. And uh, Mr. Mr. Mang, just uh, finally, I know the uh, the warning system will take effect on Monday, and uh, recently it's not been that hot yet. Uh, what preparations will you be carrying out before it starts to really get hot here? Well, as a practitioner, we we will. Um, we will um, convince our our counterparts to uh, carefully look at the guidelines and planning what can we do uh, effectively to follow it, uh, but not uh, trying to um, uh, I mean ignore the well-being of the workers. All right, uh, Mr. Mang, we'll have to leave it here for now. Thanks again for joining us this really? morning. Thank you. That's Thank you, guys. Uh, Terence Fang, President of the Hong Kong Institute of Construction Managers. Many thanks also to Silai San, the Deputy Director at the Society for Community Organization. It's now 9.48 and in a moment we'll hear about a program designed to help disabled parents. Hmm. 95 years of public service broadcasting. Stay tuned with Hong Kong. Hello, I'm Michael Wong, the Deputy Financial Secretary. For the past 95 years, our THK has shared a common journey with Hong Kong people. Going forward, I trust that our THK will continue to provide Hong Kong with more programs that are rich in content and that can move our hearts. 95 years of public service broadcasting. 95 years. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. With Hong Kong. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233-88-266 and have your say. The Hong Kong Network for the Promotion of Inclusive Society has been providing support services to disabled parents and their children under a three-year program supported by the Jockey Club, which will end later this month. To tell us more, we're joined on the line now by Kim Mock, the group's chief executive. Good morning, Mr. Mock. Hello, good morning. Thanks for joining us on the program. Um, can you first tell us about some of the uh, difficulties faced by disabled parents and their children? Yes. Um, in Hong Kong, um, there's a lack of uh, gap service to provide a service uh, to support um, um, the, um, the children of disabled parents. You know, they uh, encounter lots of challenges arising from their respective disability, including in particularly uh, people with visual impairment and hearing impairment, you know. Um, we have uh, been uh, providing a wide range of services to support um, the growth of the next generation and uh, their disabled parents, um, including the one-to-one -one, um, uh, mentoring mental uh, tutorial services, you know, where we could um, um, record wise worker means uh, mentors from the university or tertiary education sector and some uh, younger working adults, you know, to, as to serve as a bridge, communication bridge between uh, disabled parents and the next generation, you know. What I mean is they're not only providing tutorial service and even mentoring service to the children, and also um, act as um, you know, the um, 
a, a person uh, to come to to communicate between you know the two generations. You know, for example, um, the disabled parents they will they they're lacking um, uh, self confidence or sometimes uh, um, the positive thinking to nurture their their next generation. You know, there's sometimes they self blaming why I'm disabled and I have difficulties to, 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 to help my uh, children, you know. But for the children, they, they, they do have the courage, you know, to go out together with their parents. And sometimes for those uh, people with hearing impairment, their, their children may not have self-confidence or courage to, to communicate with sign language in front of others, you know, because they don't know they don't want other people to know that their parents are disabled, you know. In this connection, um, with, with support with, uh, from the Jockey Cup Charity Trust, we, we are trying to do something um, in the past six years, you know. Oh, so the program has been going on for six years? Six years. All right. Six so, years. So before, before the support from the Jockey Cup, we have a pilot. We, we do our... We do our, do it ourselves with a small uh, group, you know, like um, fifteen families or to uh, twenty families. Yeah. Right. And so where's the location? I mean, the, where's the school? And where office is Yamate, but uh, we we do it all over Hong Kong in different trees, you know. We got the disabled parents, uh, you know, located from uh, uh, you know different places in Hong Kong, you know. Yeah, yeah. So how many parents are you currently uh, looking after uh, uh, with support services? Uh, 250 uh, disabled parents, and also uh, around um, uh, um, uh, also that uh, around two, 200 uh, 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 two, yes, you're right, 250 disabled parents. You know, okay, and, their and, children, yeah. and and what does it, what are the main disabilities that uh, are within the group? Uh, it's quite um, um, complicated. We have uh, mainly uh, the people with visual impairment and hearing impairment, and mm-hmm. some uh, ethnic minority, you know, they're facing more more than the, the challenge arising with disability. Because the ethnic minority of um, Nepalese and even uh, Indonesia, and also uh, they're facing as a single parent, you know. So um, we, we provide um, substantial support um, to them, you know. And, then, and some physical challenge as well, you know. Yeah, and and what what is the support? Is it very much uh, kind of counselling services or educational services or financial services? What, what which yes, one? Yes, and one is educational service, like like I say, the wise workers, mentor mentee, tutorial service, and also as you say, the, the, we, we have been providing counselling service and some referral services. You know, because as we are a small NGO and non-subvented, and we we have a. We are partners with, you know, with a professional um, outside organization. And, and also we have a registered uh, social worker uh, to do some interventions if necessary. And, um, uh, of course, we, not, not financial support, but we have some, like, uh, during, in a period of uh, COVID-19 pandemic, we, um, we provide an, um, as, uh, some um, uh, daily necessity uh, to them. To 
alleviate the, the situation, you know. Okay, so, so some welfare too. But so, uh, is it home visits? Uh, do, do, uh, do, are, is the intervention in, in, include we meeting with both the parents one and the kids? Tutorial service, one to one. We we not not only we we are not only support the, the disabled parent and the, and the children, but the, what we say is that. You know the the men that also are also our 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 client. You know, we want to uh, to empower and educate um, the the younger generation to develop a sense of empathy and more understanding on the specific needs of uh, disabled parents and their children. You know, so that all 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 we serve, what we all clients we are serving, we want them to grow together. We want them to grow together, you know, but, and develop a sense of resource, responsibility after their graduation, you know. I know, but which, it's, your money is focused on the, the parents and their children that yes, need help. Course. It's, it's yes. You're not uh, spending all the money on uh, promotional activities, is it? Or, or you're spending the money primarily on looking after families specifically, is it? Yes. And in particular, we, we encourage, you know, the disa- disabled parents to attend, you know, some, uh, to join some parent-child activities. And also, in particular, imp- more important, to attend, you know, the, the parent day, you know. Um, uh, many disabled parents, they, they, they dare not, uh, they do not have the courage to join the school activities together with their children. And they do not have the courage to attend the parent's day. So... So that they, 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 they know little, you know, about what what has been uh, what has been going, you know, at school, you know, and so the, what what we are what we want to do is normalization. We want to normalize everything. We want to normalize and empower the disabled and to to live as other people, uh, you know, and uh, they, 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 they 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 acquire skill. They know how to play a, a possible role of. A, a parenting, um, so we also under this uh, project we also providing some positive um, parenting training for for the disabled parents, so that they know they are the parents, they can carry out the duties of being a positive parent. So at in the end at the end of pro, in the end of project we 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 very happy uh, to sh- to um, to. To share, uh, to 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 to, uh, um, to share that um, uh, now, uh, these parents they are happy, hmm. so and their children um, grow very positive, develop a sense of self-image. That's, and in particular, we focus on them not only the receiving of service, but they we we tell them you are you can they can be the contributor, they can a very positive parent, and they can be contributor. Right. Yeah, and how do you reach them? I mean, uh, how how do you reach? How do you find the parent? How do you reach out to them? Yeah. Are you you're working via the schools? You're working via the social services? How how do you reach out? Yeah, very good question. You know, because in Hong Kong there is a service camp, uh, conventional NGO have not been providing similar service, mm. so they they don't believe uh, their service in Hong Kong. So we we not uh, we convince them. We are providing such a kind of services, and we, by word of mouth, you know, hmm. and um, the spread and also announcement by different NGO. So, if anybody uh, looks for your support, what uh, and, is and, there and a phone number, with, or is yeah. there uh, an email address, or uh, is there anything you can give? Yeah, how do we can communicate? You know, let's say the blind, the blind, uh, this uh, parents and the hearing impaired. Well, 
most likely we were also uh, one uh, by telephone and one by visit and also some uh, we by WhatsApp, you know, in particular uh, communicate with the hearing uh, people with hearing impairment. All right, uh, Mr. Mock, we'll have to leave it here for now. Have a, uh, um, thanks again for joining us this morning. And that's uh, Kim Mock, Chief Executive of the Hong Kong Network for the Promotion of Inclusive Society. Many thanks also to you who commented or emailed us today and to our guest presenter, Paul Zimmerman and producer Raphael. I'll be back with another edition of a back chat tomorrow with Andrew Work.